We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, several years ago, probably 40 years ago now, Norman Vincent Peale wrote a book called The Power of Positive Thinking. And millions of people all over the world have read that book. And millions of people have been helped by it. Because what it offers us is an opportunity to stop doubting ourselves. To start learning how to think in problem-solving ways rather than in negative, what what he called negative ways, that really eliminate our power to solve the problem. Approximately 20 years ago, uh, Esther and Jerry Hicks published some books uh, by uh, that they received from Abraham, a group of entities, and uh, that book had to do with something called the Law of Attraction. Twenty years now, we've had time to really pay attention to what that law is telling, telling us to do, and what that law is all about is using power, the power of positive thinking, in a different way than that which Norman Vincent Peale suggested, and that is that we can use the power of positive thinking to attract from the external world things that will fulfill us internally so that we begin to really uh, uh, trust that we can really pull, uh, magnetize from the external world these things, these people, these places, these events, this money, this circumstance that we desire. And so we've been investigating that for 20 years now, and uh, many of us are are thinking that perhaps either the law of attraction is not true or it needs a vast revision. And as we've seen over the past several weeks, we've talked about uh, the possibility of revising that uh, original notion, not to eliminate it or debunk it altogether, but to revise it. And uh, the book, The Law of Attraction, The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can, talks all about that, how we might revise that law to match something that's more in line with what the soul actually can do. Uh, we're going to be having a show coming up October the 5th in which some of the great masters you've heard interviewing uh, me interviewing over the past three years are going to be asking me questions about this new revised version of the law of attraction 
And uh, so I want you to stay tuned for that. That's going to be on October the 5th at 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Eastern Time. So now today what we want to talk about is what is the power of positive thinking? Um, what we've said in previous episodes is that the, that we don't attract from the external world things that make us fulfilled. Actually, all fulfillment is an inside job and that uh, we are responsible for understanding what is going on inside of us. Typically, what we've done with the law of attraction is we've dis- we knew already what we wanted before we ever met the law of attraction. And now the law of attraction has come along and it said, well, now you can have that thing you want. All you have to do is think positive, put yourself in the place of your dreams, do some vision boards, really keep your thinking that you're going to have this thing and you will have it. So therefore, your thoughts are the magnet that attracts whatever circumstances, situations, money, whatever you want to make your dreams come true and to fulfill you. Um In that light, then, one must continue to think positive. One must not think negative. And and very often people are told, as law of attraction, people are told, well, you're not not, uh, getting what you want because you must have some negative energy in there somewhere. You must be doing some negative thinking. You know, and uh, I've had people come to see me in my private practice. I've had listeners, I've had readers write to me and say, you know, this uh, this isn't true. I, I really am working on the law of attraction. I am doing vision boards. I am providing uh, myself with a lot of affirmations. I am doing the work of, of meditating every morning and imagining myself in the place of my dreams. I am doing all that work. I am turning everything into something positive. I'm doing the work. It's just not working. Um, and uh, they want to know what they're doing wrong. And in that process, as we've said, many people are going to healers and the heal and the, to remove whatever block there is in their shadow material that is going to that is keeping them from having their dreams. What you know that was the next step. We we went from you can have your dreams. All you have to do is think positive. To well, you know maybe your emotions factor into that as well. And then when that didn't seem to really work, well, maybe it's your shadow that's keeping you from having what you want. And it's the saboteur, and it's it's creeping up behind the scenes and blowing up the airplane before you can take off. So, you know, we're, we're got, we've got to remove that block. We've got to do something about that. And so people are going to healers, and they're hearing from the healers that, yes, I've cut the cords to that thing that's blocking you. Uh, that old material, and I've cut the cords to that, so now you can have what you want. And uh, then we go back to some. sometimes people still have quote-unquote negative emotions, and they still don't have what they want. So then they go back to the healer, and they say, well, you know, I'm still not having what I want. What's the problem? And the healer might say, well, you know, you got to get rid of those negative emotions, and let's do some more work on that shadow material and what the, where those negative emotions are coming from. And the problem with this is, and although, I, I, again, I will say there are many, beautiful, wonderful healers out there, Um, some healers are misdirecting, unintentionally misdirecting people based on their own understanding of the law of attraction. And uh, that misdirection says we have to get rid of everything negative and keep everything positive in order to have our dreams. And this actually becomes quite a bargain that says if I can always think positive and always feel positive, then... I can have my dreams. Remember, we've talked about bargaining. Actually, I've done a show specifically on bargaining. And uh, bargains are 
is it, bargaining is a stage of grief. It is a stage of acceptance. If it's not grief, it's a stage of acceptance. The stages are denial, anger, sorrow, bargaining, and finally acceptance. Acceptance is the place we want to get so that we can see what is, what is really real, and really accept and receive that. Uh, we can't receive anything we haven't accepted. So we have to be able to receive what is ours in order to have, be fulfilled, but we can't go there until we, be, we accept what is ours. And that whole process is really a part of what we've been doing in the, in, with the law of attraction because the law of attraction, like many, many other of our philosophies, is built around the concept of suffering. We suffer and we don't want to have to suffer, so here's what we can do to eliminate our suffering. Um, and, of course, uh, uh, the Buddha said that all suffering is a result of attachment. And uh, we, we discovered last week as we went over the sacred text that, what we, that being attached to externals to fulfill ourselves uh, is not what the Buddha would have recommended, although some people say that the Buddha is saying that the law of attraction is the final truth. Um, so if we, if we really begin to, to allow ourselves to sit with that, I'm, I don't want to be attached to outcomes. I want to have what I want, and I also want to really feel good most of the time. Most of us do. So how do we make that happen? We don't want to suffer. How do we make those things happen? Well, that's really not the object of the game. And so that's part of the problem is we're trying to go at uh, how can we have what we want and fulfill our lives instead of how can I find the fulfillment that is already inside of me. And that's what we've been talking about on this show for the past three or four weeks. And, and we'll continue to talk about until October the 5th when they have that grand show when some of the world's ex, uh, experts are going to be asking me some questions about the law of attraction and, and its revised form. Um, so here's the deal. What do we mean by positive and what do we mean by negative? Well, basically, those are culturally biased values. Uh, we get our ideas and our ideals about what is positive uh, based on largely on our cultures. And we perceive the world based on those archetypes. This is positive. This is good. This is negative. This is bad. And uh, we judge everything in our world, as we've said on previous shows, we judge everything in our world based on those two categories, one of those two categories. These peas are good. These peas are bad. <laughs> this uh, paycheck I got is good. This paycheck I got is bad or it's not good enough. Um, that's how we judge everything in life. This person is a good person. This person is a bad person. This person is doing good things. This person is doing bad things. This person is basically a positive person. This person is a basically negative person. And so we have, we have categorized everything on the globe. In those two categories, and you know what they say about people who put two, everything in two categories, doesn't mean they they're uh, very intelligent. So, we but that's what we're all doing, and we're doing it to our own detriment because we are also uh, not really realizing how much we uh, are losing in the process. So. If I say, for example, somebody is a bad person, and I don't really want to be around them. But for some, in some way, I find out later that they have these really beautiful traits that I've been missing out on for all these years because I've been saying they're a bad person and I don't want to be around them. 
well, then I have to be aware of the loss. And the same thing is true of our own thoughts. If I think that my, that what is, what are called negative thoughts and negative emotions are bad and I don't ever want to think or feel those things again, then I'm going to, A, I'm going to send them away, which does not mean they go away. It only means that we repress them. Um, and, but B, I'm also going to be missing out on the treasures they have to offer me. So what we're calling negative and positive may not be negative and positive after all. Now, here's the difference in what Norman Vincent, Vincent Peale was putting forth and what the law of attraction puts forth. Norman Vincent Peale says, basically, and this is not a quote, the basic gist of the book as I interpret it is that he wants us to learn to think differently about life's challenges. In other words, he wants us to be able to look at a challenge, assess the challenge in a realistic format, uh, think of our skills, think of the support systems we've got, and implement those things into a, a, a way that solves the problem or overcomes the challenge. He also wants us to not be doubting ourselves all the time, not be giving ourselves uh, uh, self-doubt and uh, uh, mantras that make us feel less than unworthy uh, and more dissatisfied with life. So in that sense, it's a very healthy approach. But when we get to the law of attraction as we've currently understand oh, as we currently understand it, what we're saying is I must always think positive or I will not have my dreams. Now that, is a whole different ballgame. That is a if-then. That is a bargain with reality. And it says we haven't accepted life on life's terms. We're still trying to get life to be on our terms. The mystery of life is one that cannot be put into words. Why do bad things happen to good people? Well, lots, lots of people got different ideas about that. The thing I say is I don't know why bad things happen to good people. Uh, what I would say, though, is that there are no bad things and Perhaps there are no good people. We are, we, but we have categorized life into those two categories. Bad things, good people. That means that they fit one of those two categories. If it's a good person, well then that bad stuff that's in that other category shouldn't be bleeding over here into this other category. That makes no sense to us when we think in black and white terms. And if I'm a good person, then that shouldn't be bleeding over there into that bad things category. So, it makes life hard to understand, and so we have to ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? And instead of saying, well, maybe there's no good people and maybe there's no bad things, that might be a more accurate response. So we're going to talk some more about this right after the break. Stay tuned for more from Authentic Living. for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness Research is transforming healthcare. 
comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community and the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. So we're talking today about what is the real power of positive and negative. Um, you know, in, in science, we all learned that uh, uh, positive ions and negative ions wouldn't, ma- wouldn't get together. And, and that may be why we called them positive and negative, <laughs> because they wouldn't get together. And we had already categorized pa- positive and negative as two separate categories that shouldn't get together. Uh, we also learned that uh, throughout our lives, we've learned what's bad and what's not. We've been in, that's been ingrained in us since we were too young to speak. And so we pretty much know, based upon our culture, specific to our family, what's good and bad in our culture and our family. Uh, what's good and bad for another culture and another family may be very different. Sometimes we've actually incorporated cultural mores as morals. In other words, if I wear a, the wrong kind of clothes, quote-unquote, to church, I might be considered to be immoral. Well, is it really immoral to wear pants instead of a dress to, to church? Probably not. But these codes become uh, morals throughout the generations of listening to them, that we, we attach connotation to certain rules of behavior, certain thoughts and certain ways of being. And we tell ourselves that we're bad if and we're good if. We're bad if we don't follow the code, and we're good if we do. And the codes are very different. I mean, if I'm living on the street and I'm perhaps a drug addict or, or, or a gang member, there's a code of the street. On the, co- uh, the One of the codes of the street that I learned about when I was working in drug and alcohol treatment 
was many years ago was that the snitch was the bitch. And the snitch was not, you know, he was, he was ostracized by everyone and sometimes even beat up or even killed. Uh, so when they came into drug and alcohol treatment, they did not want to be the bitch. They did not want to get beat up or killed because, and that was the code of the street. And so if somebody else in drug and alcohol treatment brought drugs into the facility and was using right in front of their face, they would not tell on that person. Even if that meant they had to white knuckle their own way through treatment and relapse after treatment, because the code of the street was the code they were obeying. And uh, eventually, of course, they had to trade that code in. If they were going to get recovery and keep recovery, they were going to have to trade that code in for another code. And the other code, the code of AA, is that the code of the street is wrong and that you have to put sobriety above everything else. So these are codes, and we can attach morals to those codes. But, you know, to, to, the, to the person who was living on the street, it was really downright evil for somebody to tell on somebody else. And so that person deserved to die for it. Most of us wouldn't agree with that. As a matter of fact, most of us who are raising our children, if, if there's a bully on the playground, we tell our children, go tell the teacher. You know, and so that, that idea of what's good and what's bad is relative. And the same thing is true with our thoughts. What's good and what's bad is relative. So what is a positive thought? Well, most of us who are trying to use the law of attraction would say that a positive thought is any thought that's going to get me what I want. It's going to get me my dreams because that's what I'm trying to do with the law of attraction. I'm trying to attract my dreams. So if I have a thought that seems to be uh, detracting from me being able to get my dreams, well, then that's a bad thought. If I have a thought that says, yes, I'm going to have my dream, well, that's a good thought. That's how we've encompassed that in terms of the law of attraction. Well, is that necessarily so? I would I would say no. Sometimes what we consider, like for example, we consider it bad to judge other people. We say, well, we shouldn't judge other people. Well, I would agree with that in general sense. But when it comes down to the specifics about what we mean by judgment, that can be very confusing and even confounding to people. Uh, I've literally had people come into therapy and say to me that they didn't want to judge their husband even though he had beat them up, you know, and so they didn't want to be a judgmental person because they were really busy trying to be good people. Uh, and so they didn't want to say, well, he's a bully, uh, even though he was living out a bully identity for sure. They didn't want to say that because that would be judging him. But where does discernment fit in there? Where do we say, okay, I get to say this is not working for me and leave? Well, if you can't quote-unquote judge, then you probably won't get there. Um, same thing is true with anger. You know, We've talked about this many times throughout our, our, our work together here. The anger is considered to be bad. It is it is a bad thing to feel angry, and lots and lots of churches are preaching us every Sunday uh, about how, and, and some on Saturday, about how we should not be feeling angry. Um, and m- the law of attraction says the same thing very often, that we should not be feeling angry. Anger is a negative feeling, and it's going to bring you negative things. We don't want those negative things, so we need to stop having negative feelings. Um, I try really hard to use, not use those words. Have you ever tried to really talk about life for even a whole paragraph, um, in li- a philosophy of life without using the terms bad, good, positive, or negative? It's really hard to do. 
so I try not to use those terms because they do judge. They do interpret life. So when we're saying I should never have any anger, what we're actually saying is that I'm going to miss out on what the gift that my anger has to give me. Because in that same scenario, if a wife is, or a husband either is being abused by someone and they can't say, you know, this has got to stop, um, then they're probably not going to be able to get out of it. And anger is the thing that gets us there. Anger is the thing that says, this has got to stop right now. And I'm going to have to do whatever it is I have to do to make it stop. Because I can't get this other person to behave like I want them to behave. Because reality is, I'm not in control of other people. So these are things that we've determined to be negative that aren't necessarily negative at all. And we are missing out on the treasures that these so-called negative things have to give us when we say, I won't ever feel those things. Because if I feel those things, I will not be able to attract what it is that I want. So... What it does, what that law of attraction does in that sense alone, in that, in our current understanding of it, is that it says to us that, that we've got to bargain with the gods in a similar fashion to that which was done by ancients when they sacrificed a goat or a lamb or a, 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 an ox or something on the altar so that the gods would be friendly to them and give them what they want. So we're sacrificing the treasures of our so-called negative feelings in order to have what we want, in order to have what they would have said, a good crop, a good sale, a good end to the war, a good uh, the, the, the defeat of the enemy, whatever they wanted. Um, so, you know, the other thing about negative and positive that gets confusing and confounding is we we ter- we term our desires in those same formats. We say some of our desires are bad and some of our desires are good. And so we say, well, you know, we shouldn't want that. I've literally had, you know, in the South where I live, there are many ways to talk about um, without a, a, a thing without actually having to own responsibility for whether or not you're being uh, you're being a bad person to say that. So, so we ha- I have people come into and talk to me, and they say, "Well, I shouldn't really say this, but she's really a pretty hard person to get along with." So they've already said, "Well, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway." <laughs> and what they're saying is, "Don't really notice that this is bad. Let me get this out, would you?" Um, and that's great. I mean, it's a funny thing. And in the, in the South, the other thing is we always say, well, God bless her. She's so stupid. You know? And what we're really saying is I don't want to be noticed for saying something negative about somebody else or being judgmental or harsh or not being nice. But, you know, I'm going to say it anyway. So we, we, we find these ways to allow ourselves to get away with the thing that we think is bad when, in fact, we need to talk about that thing. If we're working, say, for example, we're working with somebody who's dumping all their work on us and we don't want them to keep doing that, we need to talk about that with somebody or at least ourselves in order to be able to come up with a plan to do something about it. But if we won't even let ourselves notice it or we won't let ourselves talk about it with ourselves or other people, then the problem is just going to keep going on and on and we're going to build more and more resentment. And how can that be a good thing? 
you know, there's that word good. Hard to talk about that without using that word. Because that word has become, and that word and bad and positive and negative and evil have all become so much a part of our conversation that it is really hard to have a conversation without using those words. But I'm working on it. <laughs> so, um, because here's the thing. If I'm lining up everything in my life in one of those two categories, then I'm splitting myself in half. I'm saying I will accept these things because they're good and I won't accept those things because they're bad. And uh, many a person has decided that something was bad. I mean, even food. We we decide, oh, I can't eat that. You know, I'm not eat, don't ask me to put that in my mouth. And then they try it and it turns out they love it. Now... Sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes they don't love it after all. But the point is that if we experiment with what we think is bad, it might turn out to not be so bad. If we experiment with what we think is good, it might not turn out to be so good. For example, uh, I see people frequently sacrificing themselves in ways that are harmful to themselves uh, and, and calling themselves good for doing so. They can't say no to anyone because if to do so would be not nice, to be bad. They, uh, they have an inability to, to, uh, own anything that's bad about themselves or what they consider to be bad about themselves. They, they will not own their own passive aggressive behavior when they're angry because to be angry is bad. So they've pushed aside some of these things about themselves and split themselves in half. This is the part of me I will know. This is the part of me I won't know. And so this thing about being good is not necessarily so good either. And we're going to talk some more about it right after the break. Stay tuned for more. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. 
That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about what is it really that positive and negative can do for us? What is the power of positive and negative? Well, as we said in the beginning, the, uh, the book that Norman Vincent Peale wrote using the word positive, Power of Positive Thinking, was meant to help us to learn to cope with life in, in ways that were more effective. Um, effective is a good word as opposed to positive. Uh, there's good in there too, though. <laughs> you see, I had to say the word good to get that out. It's very difficult for us to manage to talk about these things in life without using those terminologies. Um, but the point is that uh, his 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 book was meant to help us to formulate better ways of interacting with life, more effective ways of interacting with life and facing life's challenges. Whereas our current understanding of the law of attraction, which the law of attraction, the soul's answer to uh, why it isn't working and how it can, intends to revise, um, the old law says that if we think positive thoughts, then we will get, we will attract positive things to our lives. And that is a very different principle than that one put forth by Norman Vincent Peale. And it is also a principle that over the past 20 years since it's been promulgated, uh, we're beginning to question how that works and if it works. Um, but I don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. What I want to do is consider what the law of attraction really does. And in order to do that, we have to understand what this power of positive and negative really is all about. Uh, but as we said in the last uh, segment, we've divided all of life up into these two categories, good, bad, bad meaning anything from a little bit negative, there's that word, to all the way up to evil, good meaning anything from a little bit good or it tastes good to all the way up to holiness. So those two categories carry degrees within them and they pan down to either holy or evil once they get to the bottom line. Something is either holy or it's evil. And uh, all of life has been interpreted along those lines. So we have a hard time being able to sort out the distinctions of our lives, decide what it is that we want as we include those terms into our thinking. And what I'm suggesting is that if the law of attraction, if the true law of attraction is that we're attracted to all those people, places, circumstances, events, etc., that will bring us closer and closer, closer to an awareness of who we are as divine self or divine beings, then that changes the whole meaning of positive and negative. As a matter of fact, we don't have to think in those terms anymore. We don't have to plan our lives around what might be good for us and what might be bad for us because the the true law of attraction says we are attracted to and by all of those things, people, places, events, and circumstances that will bring us closer and closer to an awareness of who we really are, who we really are, not who we've pretended to be, not the identity we've worn, not the mask and costume we've worn, but who we really are. And that book asserts, as does the Bhagavad Gita and several other sacred texts, including the Bible, that we are divine beings. So we've buried that 
awareness in the unconscious and we call ourselves blasphemous if we say to ourselves that we are actually divine beings who don't know it. Uh, and it is in not knowing it that we miss our power, not in whether or not we think positive or negative. It's in not knowing who we really are. So when we think in the terms of positive and negative, we are dismissing the oneness that we are, the oneness with the divine, the oneness with each other, the oneness with the earth and all its elements, the oneness with nature and the animals and the universe. We are one already with all things, people, places, events, and circumstances. And when we get that, then we, those things can't be seen as positive and negative anymore because they just are one with us and we are one with them. Um, but when we think in terms of positive and negative, we want to separate ourselves. So the, the, the idea of positive and negative makes us want to uh, group up with the things that we think are good and degroup <laughs> with the things that we think are bad. We don't want to hang out with the things, people, places, events, or circumstances with, that, are, that we consider to be bad. But all of that is interpretation. All of that is interpretation. And who's interpreting? We are. And what, along what lines are we interpreting? Those lines we got taught to interpret by. And those lines are largely cultural, they are largely familial, and they're largely religious. They don't necessarily have anything whatsoever to do with spirituality. And they keep us from recognizing who we are at the deepest levels. So uh, Kierkegaard said, he wrote a book called Either Or. I would really challenge you to read that book or at least peruse it. It is chock-filled with... Um, uh, little morsels of amazing wisdom. And one of the things he says, and this is not a quote, but what he says is what he's decided his either or is all about is he's going to decide whether to throw out good and evil or, or whether to keep them. You know, So the idea isn't choose between good or evil. The idea is choose to either keep the concept of good and evil or throw the whole concept out. And like him, I'm throwing the whole concept out. Because if if I have to think in positive terms to get positive things to happen to me, then I've got a bargaining relationship with the divine. I've got a relationship with the divine that says, if I do these things, then you'll do those things. And frankly, that's not a relationship I want to have. Um, you may want to have that, and I certainly respect your right to have that, but I don't want to have that kind of relationship. I want to have a relationship where I can just walk in the room and sit with this this essence of myself and essence of the universe and just be with it, just like I would a partner, a wife, or a husband. You want to walk in and just be with them. You don't want to be strategizing all the time or nitpicking them and making them better people or or gooder people if you use the vernacular we you want to be with them you want to just share space with them enjoy their company love them uh, play games with them watch tv with them go on a trip with them enjoy them that's what we want and that's what i want with my relationship with a divine which is actually the essence of who i am and the essence of the universe so and of the essence of you and everything else i want to just be with. 
Um, but the idea that there's a positive and a negative says, uh-oh, there's a negative, so I have to be positive to avoid the negative. And so, uh-oh, what is the negative? Uh-oh, what I've got to do to, to make sure I'm okay? So you see, it's all fear-based. The whole concept of positive and negative is fear-based. And, and so when we say to ourselves, I have to be thinking positive thoughts and feeling positive feelings in order to attract what I want in life, what a double bind that is. And you know what I've said about double binds. A double bind is you're driving down the highway and, you know, we're supposed to read the signs as we're driving down the highway, right? We're legally bound to read the signs on the highway, not the publicity signs, but the highway signs. And so we read a highway sign and it says, do not read this sign under penalty of law. That's a double bind. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. If you read the sign... You've broken the law. If you don't read the sign, you've broken the law. And that's where we are with this whole thinking about positive and negative. If we're thinking in terms of, oh, I've got to be positive all the time to keep from being negative, then I am, I'm splitting myself off from who I really am and I'm missing out on valuable pieces of information that my so-called negative energies have to give me. when I split off into negative and say I'm identified as a bad guy. I've said this before, but I, I'll say it again. I have talked with many people in jails and otherwise, drug and alcohol treatment and otherwise, who tell me, well, I'm a bad dude. You don't want to hang out with me. And that's because that's how they've identified. I'm a bad dude. And they learned to do that over the years by being with parents or family or whoever uh, there are, wherever they come from originally, in which – the only way they could exist at all was to be bad. The only way that they were noticed at all was when they were quote-unquote bad. And so they set up this bargain with, uh, with their fear that said, if I am bad, then I will exist. If I am not bad, then I don't exist. And so that's why we find that people have to up the ante and up the ante and up the ante with being badder and badder and badder and badder and badder until they become ultimately evil and ultimately, what serial killers, and uh, and that's why the serial killer very often wants media attention, is because media attention says you exist, even if it's for your badness, you exist. Does that mean this person really was bad? No. What it means is they identified with bad as their survival mechanism. So you know, we we have all these judgments about this stuff. Oh, that's a bad person. I don't want to be around them. Certainly, I'm not saying we should set all the serial killers free on society. I'm not saying that, that that we haven't set up some structures to to deal with this dualistic thinking. But I am saying that we may have encapsulated this whole thing in ways that further and further split us off from who we are, particularly who we are as divine beings. If I'm putting on a mask and costume, whether that mask and costume is quote-unquote good or quote-unquote bad, I am still wearing a mask and costume. And it is not who I really am. It's who I've determined I must be in order to stay alive. And the fact is, if there is no death, then I don't really have anything to worry about in the first place. So that's why we that, – that's this whole thing, this whole thing about good and bad is – based on the premise of fear that we must survive and in order to survive we have to sacrifice to the gods in order to survive we have to think positive in order to survive you know feel alive we've got to have draw good things to ourselves so we'll feel fulfilled the truth is if i am divine self i am already fulfilled 
I have everything I want and need already. Now, we'll look at that in just a few minutes after the break and ask some really serious questions about what that really means. So stay tuned for more right after the break. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're in our final segment now, so I want to really get down to the to the meat of this issue of good and bad, positive and negative. What we said thus far is that positive and negative thinking, both of them, split us off from ourselves and they're based on fear and they're based on cultural ideas and ideals about what life ought to be like and we've determined that based on whatever we fear not it not being like so uh so that's what we've said thus far what i asked just before the break is uh or what i said just before the break is that if i am divine self if if my truest essence is that i'm divine and in the sense that everything else in the universe is at its truest essence divine, then I'm already fulfilled. I don't need something from the external to come and make me okay or make me fulfilled. Now, what we do with that is we say that statement. We say, I'm already fulfilled. And then we look around and we go, wait a minute. No, I'm not. I don't have everything I want. Here's what I want. I want this, 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 and this, and I don't have it yet. Okay. Now, so so what's happened there is we've said, I'm already fulfilled. And then we've said, uh, I'm still split off. I'm still split off from my awareness of who I am as divine, as a divine being, as my as divine self. Uh, divine self needs nothing. Uh, there's a phrase in the Bible that says, the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. 
I love that phrase. Uh, it's in one of the Psalms, and it and it basically says that everything we want is already ours. Another uh, Psalm, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want. I, I will not lack. Now, uh, as I've said before several times, Charles Fillmore, the author of the book that's uh, called the Bi- Metaphysical Bible Dictionary, says that anytime you see the word Lord in the Old or New Testament, it should read, I am. I am my shepherd. I shall not want. That changes things entirely, doesn't it? That means that there's not this external being that I should be begging from. And there's not this external reality that I should be begging from. There is only I am. And I am has already given me everything I want and need because I am that I am. So if we think that way, then it discharges the whole power of the idea of both positive and negative. In other words, it takes the plug out of duality. It takes the plug out of our thinking that we should be having these other things. So if we settle into that internal reality that I am that I am, what springs forth is joy, is love, is acceptance, is the freedom to be with ourselves, just really be with ourselves. And there is no need beyond that. There is no need beyond that. People talk about getting to a meditative state where they get to the nothingness that is everything. Buddha talked about that and several uh, uh, uh People that I know, and, and including myself, have found that place in meditation where you just get to this place where there's like a hum, uh, and it's this universal. Uh, I call it universal because I don't know what else to call it. Uh, it's a it's a it's a basic kind of vibration. It's a hum that says um, everything's here, everything is here, and yet it's a nothing. It's a, it's a place where you're not all absorbed in what's outside of you. You're not all absorbed in what you should have. You're not all absorbed in the things you gotta do. It's not, you're not all absorbed in your image of yourself. You're not all absorbed in how other people see you. You're, you're just absorbed in that. All those things become nothing. And the everything that is there is completely fulfilling. That's what the law of attraction, the true law of attraction, is trying to bring us to. That full awareness, not just in glimmers and glimpses when we get to meditation, but full-time, 24-7. So that we're always aware of who we are as divine essence. There is no greater power than that. And yet, what we've done is we've split that off and said, oh no, that that's not real. That's blasphemous to think that way. Here, let me go over here and think in terms of positive and negative because that has all the power. And so what we've done is robbed from ourselves the very power we actually have by giving all the power to negative and positive. It's, it's negative if it's not what I think it ought to be. And it's positive if it's, if it's what I think it ought to be. And that's what it comes down to. Who says Who says you have the definitive answer of what it ought to be? Who says? And that kind of thinking says, okay, this is what is. Where is the treasure in this? So instead of, I heard somebody say many years ago um, that, uh, you know, they said something about I don't like my life and, and and uh, they they didn't like the fact that their husband had died and and it was l- rough right now and and I just don't want to accept my life and her friend looked at her and said, "This is your life. What are you going to do with it?" 
that's a whole different ball game. I don't like my life says my life is not good enough. It's not good enough. It's bad. And this is your life says this is your life. Where is the treasure here? There's one in here. You know the old story, the old joke um, in the in the mental health field is the difference between an optimist and a pessimist. Uh, they did some tests on some little children and put one little children a child in a room with a bunch of toys and left him in there for a little while and just watched him. And he went around walking around the room, walking around the room, walking around the room, never picked up a toy. And they went in there finally and asked him, "What are you doing?" And he said, "I'm looking for this toy. It's not here." Okay, so that was one kid. Then the other kid, they put him in the room with a pile full of uh, a horse manure. And they left him in the room in there, and they watched him, and he started digging into that pile, digging, 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 digging. He dug for a little while, and uh, they went in to see him, and he said, and they said, what are you doing? And he said, well, I figure if there's this much uh, horse shit in here, there's got to be a horse in here somewhere. So that's the difference between optimism and, 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 and pessimism. And that's kind of what Norman Vincent Peale was trying to address in his book with the power of positive thinking. But when we get to the law of attraction, we, we end up splitting off because we think that positive thinking is going to get us certain results. And positive is relative to what we think it is. And we have to ask again the question, who says? Who says that you're right about that thing being positive? Who says that you're right about that thing being negative? Who says? And then we have to go back to, well, all these other people said it, and maybe the Bible says it, and this thing says it, and, and all of that is interpretive and interpretable. And who's doing the interpretations? You are. Bottom line, you're deciding, what, based on your identity, based on an image you have of yourself that may or may not be true, very often not. Uh, you are deciding what's what you should and shouldn't have in your life. And we had a show not long ago about desires and how we might be able to distinguish between a true soul desire and a desire that comes from an identity. I won't use the word ego because that word is fraught with all kinds of meanings as well uh, that uh, we won't spend any time talking about. But I have talked about that on other shows. And uh, But that identity says, defines me. It says who I am, who I ought to be. So if I'm a kid who was raised in poverty and um, I'm really ashamed of that and I don't want anybody to know that I came from poverty, well, then I've got to be the CEO of this big company and that's my desire and, and, and that's the sole desire and I've got to have that. And if I don't have that, then I will not be fulfilled. So I start thinking positive and doing vision boards and doing affirmations and really working hard to have that thing when really, really, is it really what I want and need or is it coming from an identity? So that also becomes skewed along the lines of positive and negative. It's positive for me to be, become the CEO because then I don't have to think about that shame I have for have my, my, the background I came from. Um, well, maybe I need to think about that shame. And what is that shame about? Well, it's about an interpretation about what my life should be or should have been. Uh, so when we start interpreting life along these lines, these two very filled up categories, good and bad, we, we are splitting off from ourselves. We are splitting off from reality and we are robbing ourselves of some of the very potent and powerful treasures that can be found in, in what we call negative and, uh, thinking only that the, what we call positive is going to, get us the results that we want. So 
what I suggest is that we throw out the terms positive, negative, negative, good, bad, evil, all of those terms, and we start trying to talk without using those terms. I challenge you, I double dog dare you, as we say in the South, to go one month without using those terms. Catch yourself every time you use those terms, good, bad, evil, holy, sinful, sin, you know, any of those terms that imply positive or negative challenge you to go a whole month without using those. You will have to learn a new language. And, and in the process, you might just change some of your thinking. That, uh, and you might just connect again with divine self. So that's it for today. Next week, we're going to be talking about the law of love. So that phrase is a little oxymoronish, but we're going to talk about it anyway. So stay tuned for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.